This is the Herald Express, Devon Live, Talker United Yellow Army podcast, recorded weekly by David Thomas and Guy Henderson. You can find this podcast by clicking devonlive.com or by following us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash DL or on Twitter at TQHE Sport. You can also subscribe, search for Talker United on iTunes. You'll find us there as well. Welcome along. We're out in the sunshine again, aren't we? South Devon College, glorious spring day. Absolutely. I'm not going to go on about it because people have been taking the mickey out of me ever since my Seal Hain Country Fire episode. (laughs) So um, you can hear the skylarks in the background and the players warming up. So uh, indeed. So we're up here. It's uh, it's Thursday. It's two days before the Eastbourne game. A play more where Torquay could wrap up the National League South title. It's it's a weird one, isn't it? We we, we, we all know that after last Saturday at Woking, um, which we'll talk about in a little while, um, it's almost done. Mm. Uh, only a Torquay win and a Woking defeat at Chelmsford, which, let's face it, isn't beyond the realm of possibility, possible. Yeah. Uh, will mathematically seal it. But because United's goal difference is... 20 something 20 yeah. odd goals better than Woking I think it's 21 yeah. 21 yeah. even if Woking United win and Woking draw it would effectively do it but let's let's not uh, go there um United having virtually done it I'm sure the one thing they don't want to do is let themselves down now um, no, quite. Uh, performance wise apart from anything else and and there's a big crowd coming to play more on Saturday, and I'm sure they will be expecting, and quite right too, that United will turn it on Indeed. Uh, um, uh, at the weekend. Now, we're going to have a chat with um, Gary Johnson's number two, Aaron Downs, in a moment. He's, um, he's going to make time for us before training, which is very kind of him. Um, but a couple of things that Gary was saying in his press conference just now, which, um, which are very interesting. Um, one of them particularly, the fans would be delighted to hear that uh, there's a chance we might see Opie Edwards this weekend. Well, uh, um, at long last, and I don't mean that in any criti- critical manner, uh, I think uh, Opie Edwards, let's face it, was a very popular uh, and um, impactful signing when Gary Hours I think mm. originally brought him in at the start of the season um, and uh, he's been absolutely had had absolutely no luck with injuries at all uh, mainly this this very persistent thigh strain problem I think he's actually been okay for mm. a while now because he came back and then the thigh went again yeah yeah and um, it was around about the Western Supermare game yes, where it, it went was. as well, wasn't yeah, it? Way, way back in October. And um, yeah, the, the the home the game up there. Yeah, yeah. 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 Um, uh, I I think they've been they've been extra specially careful with him at Bristol City. He is only nineteen. Mm. Uh, there are issues with you know taking care of young kids in academies now, and of course when an injury like that keeps recurring, you don't want him moving on to the rest of his career with an underlying weakness no. there so they've been very very careful with him but he's been training more or less full time for a while now uh, I would have thought Gary didn't mention it this morning that he's, he's probably played a game or two and um, we understand that he's coming back um, uh, to join in training uh, yeah. to, before the, before the Eastbourne game, which which will be, uh, I'm sure he he won't start. But um, It'd be nice to have him on the bench as an option, wouldn't <laughs> well, it? <laughs> here we go again. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> the Calvin Kalala Obi Edwards <laughs> factor. My goodness, an opposing manager certainly in this division. That's not not what you want to see, is it? With 20 no. minutes, half an hour to go, but especially, I think it's happening. 
you've got Asa Hall, who may be fit for Saturday. Yeah. Um, getting better every day. Back injury obviously wasn't right at Woking last mm. Saturday, and he had to come off before half an hour. And of course, poor old Ruri Keating, not poor young Ruri Keating, yeah, um, is out for the rest of the season with um, a nasty uh, smash in the face, didn't he? Yeah, 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 it was. It wasn't. It wasn't nasty. It wasn't. He wasn't done by mm. um, Durajai, the Woking midfield player, who. Uh, um, put his head round the United dressing room door at half time just to check that he was alright and said he yeah. was sorry the way it had worked out which was a nice touch <clears throat> um, so uh, but if even if Ruri Keating is out sorry even with Ruri Keating out United could do with another wide player yeah. uh, because he's been doing such a good job out there uh, and um, Opie Edwards would be a good a good option. We will talk about Woking a bit more in the uh, the second part, and we'll talk about that sumptuous pass from Rory, which um, which led to the first goal. We did, yeah. We'll we'll, we'll wax lyrical deal about that. Later. We'll deal with it later. Yeah. A couple of things that Gary was saying. I mean, he, he was acknowledging that Torquay didn't play well enough uh, at Woking, but. Um, they haven't been letting up in training this this week, by the sound of it. No, you, you've got a free week. Uh, um, I think it's worth remembering that last week, you know, they had that huge game against Chelmsford at home on the Tuesday night, when I think everybody knew that was the chance to put Woking under the sort of pressure that might crack them. In other words, building that yeah. seven-point lead. And United, physically and also emotionally, I know that sounds a little bit, you know, clichéd, I think especially with young players, I think they put so much into that second half against Chelsea where they were terrific uh, and beat them 3-1. Then you've got to get yourself back up again. Uh, I, I know we're talking about young men and they should, you know, everybody, some people will be sitting at home thinking, hold on a minute, I could run around all day when I was 21 and all that sort of thing. Yes, of course, but this is the first time that many of these lads yeah. have been involved in this situation, playing under this sort of pressure. They've bought in hugely into what United have been trying to do this season. Very committed, and it didn't quite happen in the first half last Saturday. You can factor in all sorts of issues. The pitch wasn't great. No, it wasn't. Woking uh, uh, played a, a different type of team to they normally do. Jake Hyde was injured, which yeah. I, I think was a was a uh, quite an important factor. In a funny way, he's their leading scorer, but I, I don't think it would have done any harm if he had actually played. But still, um, so uh, no, that they 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 know they weren't at their best last week. However, is. Is there only one way to win a football match or draw a football match? No, there isn't. Uh, and in the end, you had to admire the way United just kept coming last Saturday. You know, they would not go away, even at 3-1 down. And yes, not good enough. So Gary and Aaron get them in this week, go over the bad stuff, concentrate yeah. now on the good stuff building up to this weekend. Absolutely. And Gary was speaking quite a bit about the empathy between the, the team, the management, the fans, the whole thing coming together. And, you know, again, without being over sentimental, but he did genuinely say you get a lump in your throat at times like that. Well, but I, I, it, it, there is a, a huge bond now, isn't there? You were at Woking on Saturday, uh, uh, as quite a lot of us seem to be. Um, but last Tuesday night against Chelmsford, I thought the atmosphere that night, that, you know, that they'd beaten Wheels, uh, was it Wilson? I'm yes, losing yeah, the games yeah. now. Um, on the Saturday, uh, by the way, really good support from Wheelstone uh, mm. that, that, that yeah. day. There were fewer fans from Chelmsford, more fans, more talky fans last Tuesday night against Chelmsford than, the, than there had been the previous Saturday. Yeah. And it was almost like they were the proper midweek 
we're going fans. Yeah. Uh, and I thought the atmosphere in the second half, and m many, many people have, around us felt the same and have said it since, that the atmosphere was as good at playing well last Tuesday night as they can remember it for a very long time. And obviously that carried on to working yeah. on the Saturday more than 14. I, I just got, that had to be the best part of 1,500 Torquay fans you there. You would have thought so, Not just you? in the Torquay sections. Yeah. There were Torquay fans sp sprinkled all over the place. Uh, and of course, <laughs> you know, they could see that it wasn't going right, that they knew it was a little bit flat. Um, and then for United just to keep going and keep going, and of course, you know, it, it, it was terrific at yeah. the end. And, and you know, the, 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 the goal that got us back into it, Seiko Jani's header, yeah. uh, um, uh, really kind of, it was like everybody was had a fresh injection of, uh, of enthusiasm pumped into them and of course the last 10 minutes was bedlam, yeah. bedlam from then on. It was indeed. Okay, let's see if we can uh, we can grab a quick word with Aaron Downs now and uh, we'll return afterwards with, uh, with some more chat about the Woking game. Well, we're joined here at the training ground at South Devon College by Aaron Downs. Welcome, Aaron. But not your first time on the podcast. It's amazing that Dave and I are still doing this after all these years, but uh, good to have you along. Yeah, thank you. That's yeah, good to be here. And again, like I say, it's a while between uh, stints, but no, it's, uh, it's good to be back. Indeed. I think, it, interesting, if, if you can just tell us a little bit about what your role is on a match day, because obviously the fans see you, the fans see you patrolling the technical area, you're quite active out there, but um, you know, what do you do on a match day specifically to get the players going? Yeah, so obviously... First thing is is the warm up, you know. So um, when Sean's with us, it's you know obviously they go off and do the warm up with Dan, and then come in with me and Sean uh, Taylor to to do the the football, and and then I get the defenders ready, and then uh, obviously they get back uh, inside, uh, have a few words with them, and um, you know just let them finer details really the, the the last sort of details to to get them going, and a little bit of motivation stuff. Uh, the manager will usually have a, a a good chat with them and a good motivational speak with them just before they go out, and then. Uh, as the game's going on, really, it's to su support the manager. Uh, you know, give my two pence when when needed. Um, you know, with tactics and things like that. But uh, also, basically, just reiterate the messages that we've uh, been speaking to them throughout the game. Yeah. And and any in-game sort of details I need to give to the players, then they get it across to them. And uh, it's encouragement a lot of the yeah. time. You know, <laughs> just keep them going and keep them working and keep them. You know, switched on and focused. Uh, so that's sort of the the main things, really. You know, I can get quite active, and and the manager's quite good with that. You know, because sometimes, you know, managers are a bit like, well, they don't want their number two sort of standing out, acting as if he's wondered about he, that. Yeah, <laughs> he's uh, acting <laughs> acting as if he's the the one. You know, and uh, you know, I'm conscious of that. And uh, the manager said, you know, you just got to be yourself. Um, and you know, I was quite a passionate kind of player yeah. you know so I'm now but I, you know like I say I'm not over the top and I still think you've got to be respectful for to, towards um, of the opposition yeah. staff yeah. and 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 the op opponents um, as much as you want to win now, the atmosphere must have been fairly electric up at Woking on Saturday I mean there was a lot going on in the crowd there was a lot going on in the game was it difficult I mean when you get to this end of the season, I imagine the players are pretty much motivated anyway. Do you occasionally need to get them just to, to, to relax and to calm down and, and take it a bit slower? Yeah, there's different players, you know, react differently to different environments. And you know, the older players have sort of been in an environment like that. Some of the younger boys haven't. You know, that's sort of the first experience of, yeah. of that kind of... Someone like Frank Vinton, for instance, you know, like a month ago, he's playing in front of 23 and a, and a dog at, at Bournemouth 23s, you know, but... 
now he's playing in front of four and a half thousand a hostile sort of environment yeah. so it's a great experience for some of the the younger boys to to learn from uh and you know but the the atmosphere was 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 really good was was really good was was great it's the sort of games you want to play in exactly and like you say if you need to be motivated for that then it's you know there's, there, can't, there might be something wrong but that's very cliche-ish because you've got to you've got to get the balance right between motivated yeah uh, but also not being overwhelmed by mm. it you know and you've got to like say you might have to calm one or two down but you might some might because it's so well known some might calm themselves down too much if you know what I mean because they yeah. think oh I can't get too worked up because it's, it's going to be a big game so I need to be calm and then they go out and they're quite flat so you kind of have to get that balance right as in make sure they are yeah. ready for it and motivated and, and, and keen to go and, and raring to go but not silly where they you know, the passion gets yeah. overwhelming, and they they go in for a sil silly tackle or something. A, this and gets is, this is a job which, uh, in your mind, I'm sure you've been working towards. I'm sure you eventually would like to be a manager, but uh, well, speaking for you, I'm sure you, <laughs> you, you, you you do. But you've been coming towards the end of your playing career for a while. I think in your own mind, you knew that you only had a certain amount of time left, Definitely. and then you you've wanted to get into coaching. So, has all this happened, coach? Under you were coaching the. Under 21s or under uh, well, the, the head of 18s. coaching, yeah, yeah, head of coaching, head yeah. of coaching there, now assistant manager. Has all this happened quite quickly, or, yeah. or are you cool with the, with all of that? No, and, I'm cool and, with it, yeah. definitely. You know, it's it's an opportunity I, I jumped at, but it's it's definitely something I've been thinking about. I mean, when I you know I did my B license when I was here, yes. you know, and I've done my yes. A license now, so I've I've been building up to it. I knew quite early on, 25, 26, that I wanted to go into coaching. That I wanted to go, you know, stay in the game, and obviously with the injuries that I've had, I knew I wouldn't be sort of a, a forty-year-old veteran playing. You know, <laughs> I, I knew I'd be. <laughs> I knew I'd be retired I think quite early. Thirty-five. I said I'm not going to play at th not going to play to thirty-five. Yeah, so I, know, I knew I wouldn't play then. to that to, no. to an old age. So I, I was in the knowledge and and you know accepted quite early on that yeah. I, I wouldn't be playing into me uh, late thirty. So I knew I had to be ready, and I was. I've done quite well, really, considering the, the, the state of my knees to, to get to 33, 32. Um, with a promotion? Uh, yeah, with a promotion. Yeah. So, yeah. so it was something I've been planning for, like you say, for quite a long time, um, you know, and but I'm still learning a lot every day, and I couldn't have a better mentor um, in the gaffer, you know, who's been an assistant. He's had promotions as an assistant at, at Cambridge and Watford, and then stepped into the manager role and had promotions with that. So he's generally had success wherever he's gone in both roles. So for me to learn from him is, you know, it's it's priceless really. It's, he's it's been a in better... your shoes, in other words. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, he's, yeah, he's walked, yeah. you know, he's walked the walk. So now, uh, you know, for me to, you know, like we travel in most days together, so have an hour and a half, two hours, most days, two or four hours really, because there and back. You'll you be know, fed up with each other in a minute. Won't no, you? it's actually gone all right actually. But no, it's. So yeah, for me, it's it's just a, a great place to be, a great learning experience for me to have, and I'm not in any rush. I'm not planning on this, planning on that. I don't have plans to be a manager in 18 months. You know, there's no, nothing no. like that. It's take it as it comes. Like this role was unexpected to come, but I was ready for it. You know, because I'd planned in case. So I always said that I want to be in a position when I retire that if a job opportunity comes along, I'm qualified or I'm ready to do it. So I've, I've been learning, learning, watching writing I've got stacks of folders at home where I've just wrote things down and and keep going over and, and remembering and it's, it's easy being a player under the gaffer because um, he's quite open with things like that and 
having three years as a player underneath him, I kind of knew the way he wanted to play and the way he goes about things. So for me to come into the role, it's been easier, um, I, I must admit. And when you're winning every week, it, it, it looks like you're a genius. So <laughs> it does, it does, it is a little bit easier. And the players are, you know, buzzing and everything's yeah. going really well. They're very receptive. Very receptive. So it, it, yeah. it has been a, a smooth transition at the minute, but I'm not naive to think that every season's like this. I have been in football quite a long time as a player, maybe not as a coach. So I'm not naive to know that um, it's going to be like this every year. So there's plenty of learning for me to, to have. And I'd like to say, I'm not in any rush. No. And it, it, so it would be nice to get over the line on Saturday as well, wouldn't it? Yes. In front of the uh, home fan. In front of the home fan, that's it. Obviously, uh, the only disappointing thing uh, about Saturday was not winning. It was because we wouldn't be able to... Uh, guarantee promotion this weekend um, you know by just us winning we have to rely on Woking's result uh, so we're hoping Chelmsford do us a favour um, but the key message going into it is is about us you know, yeah. just doing our job and it would be we've said to the players it would be a travesty if we go into the, the game and we draw or we lose and Woking lose yeah. you know and we had the opportunity and it's only down to us that we messed it up so the key message for us is concentrate on us which is very cliche-ish again, but concentrate on us, do our job, and then whatever will be, will be. Uh, if it doesn't happen, then we go to Chippenham and we have a party at Chippenham. Mm. If it doesn't happen at Chippenham, <laughs> then we bring it back home at Hungerford and then hope that we don't have to go to St Albans on the last day. But sort of that's that's the sort of the message uh, going into it. And, um, you know, it's just do our job, make sure we do our part, and then hopefully Chelmsford will do us a favour. Aaron, thank you very much. We'd better let you get uh, get on with your work. It's a busy, man. busy training day. Thank you. Yes, yeah. yes, it's off training now, so hopefully we can get them all ready for uh, Saturday. Cheers, guys. Thank you. Thank you. Oh, welcome back. The Skylarks are still singing over South Devon College, but I promise not to go on about it. All right. <laughs> Thanks to Aaron. Uh, uh, good, uh, good stuff from him. Indeed. Uh, um, this is this has been a great first season's coaching hasn't for him it? at yeah. Torquay, yeah. isn't it? And. Uh, but it was inter- I thought it was interesting. He was just saying, "Look, it ain't all." <laughs> I'm not going to imitate his Aussie accent, but uh, um, he's well aware that it ain't always going to be like this, no. and there will be hard, tough seasons when yeah. you know it's uh, it doesn't all go swimmingly. And he's he's ready for that as well. He is. So we'll talk a little bit more about Woking. First of all, very remiss of me not to greet Lloyd and the crew in the Falklands who are listening to us a long, long way away. A um, little bit of a slice of home maybe in the podcast what's this what season is it it must be autumn no it's something yeah it is isn't it but, yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. That's, that's autumn right, in the Falklands. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, yeah, welcome along. And they're not the only ones from around the world. It's it's very gratifying to know that there are people um, who who so many people following the club. Um, yeah. They always have done, of course. But um, uh, Net- get, Netflix has helped as well, <laughs> hasn't it? Netflix <laughs> has helped. But uh, <laughs> you know, it's great to know that so many United fans around the world are getting off on uh, yeah. on what's happening. Indeed. So in no particular order, there are loads of things to talk about from the Woking game. Let's talk about the 100th goal, though. Reedy's first goal for Torquay um, on the day. Are you referring to the pass of the, the season? Pa- <laughs> well, you see, last week we were talking about Liam Davis's cross-field pass yeah. to Rory Keating yeah. um, during the Wheelstone game or the Chelmsford game. Uh, I can't remember which one. I think it was, yeah. um, and we thought, well, we'll not see a pass the like of that again for the rest of the season. And then Rory himself comes up with one. Pulls out. A, a, managed a, to curl it around one, Ben Gehring pretty wonderful much. Wonderful through ball. Yeah, yeah, that's right. 
and um, read you straight on to it in a lovely finish as well. 31st but, um, goal of the season and United's 100th in all competitions this season. The first time that that's, the, that's ever happened in the club's history. It's quite something, isn't it? But uh, salute that pass, though. I mean, Rory played well. You know, he's, he's relishing this role as the provider. Right? Well, there's, uh, a, there's a heron up there, by the way. I'm and, sorry. Yeah, <laughs> and, when it, and when it happened, of course, I'm pretty sure, I, I've done a quick check back, that was his sixth assist in the previous seven, yeah. seven United's previous seven goals. Now, uh, um, Rory Keating may be many things, and he is, uh, um, but I don't think if you'd have said to him at the start of the season that he would end up providing the assist for six out of seven goals yeah. as United closed in on promotion he would probably have thought well I wouldn't mind being on the end of one or two of them but uh, do you really think I'm going to do that well he has he been. has he has yeah. been providing he'll be a big, big miss for the rest of the season oh, I think in, in, was... you know he's a big character you know everybody enjoys playing with him watching him play don't they well Gary Johnson was saying in the wake of his uh, cheekbone injury that he picked up there that, that, that uh, he described him as a warrior, a proper mm. warrior, which we've all seen before many times in the past. But uh, paying tribute to the way that Gary has asked him to play that right wing role, which yeah. isn't or hasn't been Rury's forte. And because of the lad he is, he instead of going, mm, not sure about that, but I'll give it a go, he's yeah. absolutely grasped. He's thrown it. himself into it, and, hasn't he? And he, he's, you know, at a time when United needed somebody to do that role. It started off away from home when Gary Johnson wanted him to, you know, provide that bit of insurance, stop attacking fullbacks coming from the other side, all that kind of stuff. And you knew he'd get that work rate out of him. But I don't think even Gary thought that. that Rury would be able to provide the service that he's ended right. up providing from, um, you know, that position. Uh, um, East Thurrock must be thoroughly fed up with him. He scored both goals against them at home when United beat yeah. them there. And away from home, when United were in big trouble at East Thurrock, he laid on Seiku Jani's equaliser and scored the winner and scored the winner himself. That sort of thing yeah. uh, has ended up. I, I, you can probably sit down and do a tot up of how many points Rory Keating has actually won for United this season, um, and it will be considerable. Yeah. Well, let, let's come away from the Woking game for a moment then, because in the Herald Express this week, you've you've gone through the runners and riders as the possibilities for player of the season and you've basically named the whole squad I haven't have. you yeah and and, I'm, and I don't apologize for it either <laughs> because I think in many ways virtually all of them have, have, yeah. have can say well I've done my bit this season because there've um, been a couple of seasons that in fact the last couple of seasons you've gone into that penultimate home game and picked up your little slip of paper yeah. to vote and put, Luke, really, and put, put Luke, Luke Young on it yeah put Luke <laughs> young, young down on it yeah quite but this season I mean it, it it's impossible to call, isn't it? Well, I, I you know, Jamie Reid, 31 goals, mm. four games still to go. Of course, he's the favourite, uh, and and right, quite rightly so. Yeah. I wouldn't, I wouldn't argue with anybody who's going to do that. Um, uh, uh, and what a wonderful the yeah. season of his yeah. life. Uh, um, but. It doesn't stop there, does it? No, you go. It you can go through there. the whole team from yeah, back to and, front, and, and you almost get afraid, which is what happened when I was writing the piece, saying, "Well, if I mentioned him, I've got to mention him." <laughs> you did. You did. Um, I think you mentioned everybody. I think, I think well, you were safe because I thought, <laughs> you know, it, it's 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 not right not to pay yeah. tribute in many ways to 
everybody mm. who's 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 contributed. I mean, and of course, in over the course of a season, the fortunes of of players they rise and fall. Uh, at one point, um, when he was playing passes all over the pitch and scoring every other game, I thought Jake Andrews, if he keeps going yeah. like this, yeah. will end up as player of the season. Now, okay, he still had a hell he of might. a season. He, he scored eleven might. goals yeah. for goodness' yeah. sake from midfield. Um, and then you, you know you go through all the rest. As I mentioned in the piece, if there was a prize for the most improved player in the team. Ben Winter would yeah. absolutely walk it. At what right a back. finish on Saturday, and by the way. With his left foot yeah. volley, 12 yeah. yards out. Thank you very much for the equaliser. Uh, what he was doing up there, I haven't a clue. Well, I think you do have a yeah. clue because that was an indication of how what United were throwing yeah. uh, at the thing to try and get the ball in the back for, for, for three or... I'm sure Sean McDonald was in the opposing half of the field at one point, we just wasn't didn't, he? <laughs> we just, yeah. Yeah. It didn't, you know, it was... Uh, and. All credit to the to the, the Woking people. I thought off the pitch, okay, I'm sure one or two people would have thought that a couple of stewards were a little bit over the top. Well, I didn't see it. But they were magnanimous. It, it was a defeat for them, let's face it. Yeah, it, yeah. it. The score will go down in history as three all, but it was a defeat for them and it felt like it. And on the whole, they were... Uh, magnanimous there, there, there was no carping or anything like no. that uh, they were coming up to talky officials and old bods like myself and others and saying well done you're the best team in the league da -da 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 -da. I thought the security operation there was as good as you could have possibly hoped in the circumstances yeah, so. um, it, it is odd isn't it I mean we're not going to dwell on it but it is odd how some of these these lads just spend the whole afternoon pushing the limits as far as they can. They hadn't come to watch the match. They'd come to push the limits of the stewards and the police, and, and it was just, it was strange to watch. Thankfully, only a handful of yeah, them. Uh, yeah. uh, and, and when the equaliser went in and the pitch invasion, the mini pitch invasion happened, thankfully they got back across yeah. behind the defence pretty quickly. It was purely out of excitement rather than mischievousness, real mischievousness. Um, so I thought, you know, on the whole, I know one or two working fans are pretty fed up that they were held in their end whilst the police got United supporters onto coaches and away. Well, again, that was another safety first measure to make sure there yeah. wasn't there wasn't yeah. any any real trouble. Um, and I think, given the worries ahead of the match, you've even had Gary Johnson sort of pleading with the, yeah. the talkie fans to defend the club's reputation and not get involved in any trouble. I thought on the day it went off as well as you could possibly have expected, but Woking, all credit to them, um, there was no carping afterwards, they, oh, we've been robbed and all that kind of stuff. Yeah. No, not at all. Alan Dyson, uh, the Woking manager, didn't quite have the same view of Mr Durkin's performance that... Um, that we did. No. I, th I thought he had a good afternoon. Uh, and Gary I don't Johnson think he did made much a point well. afterwards of saying that he thought he had a very yeah. good game. And I, I, I was on the club commentary and I thought he had a good game as well. Yeah. Uh, all right. <laughs> there, were, there were plenty of bookings and, and Woking picked up most of them. Mm. But um, uh, I, I thought, and of course, <laughs> Gary Johnson, this is the referee that. <laughs> Haven't gone into Gary Johnson's good books over the postponement of the uh, the second yeah. postponement against Chelmsford. So um, no, I, I I thought his his dad was a damn good referee, Paul Durkin, many years ago, and I thought James Durkin did pretty well last Saturday. He was firm. I think the the good thing about it, he was calm. He looked 
yeah. as if he wasn't yeah. going to lose it on Saturday. He, he, everything he did was considered, and uh, you know he wasn't waving his arms around no. or anything like that. And I think everybody knew who was in charge on the pitch, yeah. and that's all you can ask for for a referee most of the time. Let's talk for a moment about the sending off of our pantomime villain, Ben, ben Gehring. Ben, ben Gehring got dogs abuse all afternoon from the fans. Felt a little bit for him. He was having a I, decent game. I, th- I think felt a little bit for him. I think <laughs> I think he knew what was coming, of didn't course. he? After because yeah, this is yeah. we're, we're talking obviously about his social media uh, stuff and and the fact that uh, you know he'd made it fairly clear that he was absolutely desperate to yeah uh, to knock Torquay over, which is of course his hometown club. Um, uh, uh, and you know in this day and age, that sort of thing is asking yeah. for trouble, isn't it? And um, he duly got it. He did. I, I mean the second yellow card. He, I mean, there was no need for that. Was it the second yellow card? The first one, you know, when you send a half, gets a yellow card early in the game. He's on a warning anyway. I, I thought he, the first foul, he threw himself into the challenge, and, he, and I'm pretty sure he won the ball. But he had both feet off the ground, and it was in this day and age, it's yeah. what it's what's you know classed as a reckless challenge out of control. I wasn't at all surprised, and it caught Ruri Keating big time. No, yeah. Not the one that caught him on the cheek. This, yeah. that, that nailed him on the on the shin. Um, uh, absolutely perfect, perfectly fair decision to book him. The second one, uh, Frankie Vincent. By the way, didn't he do well when he came yes, he on uh, yeah. towards yeah. the end of the game? So I'm pretty sure it was his ball down the side. It was, it was right yeah. over by the touchline. And at the moment he struck the ball, and as the ball's travelling, Ben Gehring is in control of that situation. Credit to Jamie Reed. Jamie Reed put the afterburners on, moved yeah. up into overdrive, and suddenly, in the space of about four or five strides, Jamie Reed has changed that situation from Ben Gehring favourite to him favourite. He yeah. got there first, poked it beyond Ben Gehring, took his legs from under him, second yellow off. Off you go. There you go. And there was a certain amount of um, what's the word, Schadenfreude, from the uh, from the fourteen hundred. I may have been singing cheerio, cheerio, cheerio and, myself. And of course, it, it that came in between Sekujani's header yeah. for three two and and the equaliser. Now, whether you want to say, well, um, after Ben Gehring's gone off, Woking didn't cope with. Um, the aerial stuff quite as well as they might have done well we'll never know will we but um, uh, Ben Gehring has been on social media beating himself up about it saying how sorry he is and it was all down my fault etc etc I tend to think that uh, enough already yeah I, I have no doubt we'll be meeting up with him again next season because every chance whichever of these teams wins the championship and let's hope it's Torquay the other one's quite a strong favourite for the playoffs well what what a what a desperate situation the playoffs I mean we've seen over the last few weeks a whole series of teams that we we've we've come away Wilston uh, a fortnight ago uh, 10 days ago we were wow you wouldn't want to run into them in the playoffs Woking obviously Welling are going really well beat Bath City last Saturday I think that the the playoffs uh, well put it like this Fingers crossed, we won't be in it. No, it would be, <laughs> be nice to, that. to sidetrack that, wouldn't it? Yeah. Um, just as a little aside, we were talking about Warriors just now when we were talking about Ruri. Um, it was good to see Paul Bastard at the game against Woking. How did he make it? Oh, how did he get there? He was. Um, well, I know how he got there, but. Yeah. It, funnily enough, where we were stood, it was one of those positions where everybody that came in came past in front of us. So Paul, um, 
Julie, if he'd hung around for long enough, somebody would have carried him to his seat. The number of people that were coming up to him and shaking his hand was unbelievable. Well, this is, this is look, I think the vast majority of United fans know who we're talking about and, and, and what he puts in <laughs> to the club in terms of effort and commitment. He had a general anaesthetic on a Thursday. Well, yeah. uh, uh, personally speaking, if I had general anaesthetic for a blocked ear, I think I would be out of it for a day or two. This was to repair a ruptured Achilles tendon. He's in a boot. He's trying to get over a general anaesthetic. Yeah. They're horrible, aren't they? And he's still got himself on a train, and from Manchester, by the way, down to London, across London and out to Woking. Um, extraordinary effort to get there when it looked like he probably wasn't going to be. But I've, I've spoken to him since, and I think he felt that that game last Saturday was the game, yeah. uh, and he was desperate to, uh, to get there. Since then, I, I, I think he feels as if it might have been a little bit much, uh, and I don't think he's coming down for Eastbourne on Saturday. But what a silly thing that is to say. <laughs> you, you, <laughs> Where uh, it comes to Paul Bastard and, you never know, and, yeah. and attending Torquay United matches, never write him off. <laughs> so there are other records to be had, aren't there? There are other records um, waiting to fall this season. It's yeah, a remarkable I've, I've season, to, isn't it? I've got it? to try and remember the latest the I latest put you on one. the spot there, didn't I? Yeah, no, no. Um, yeah, there's things like um, uh, most wins in a season. Yeah. That's still... Uh, uh, the goals go. record is still the available, league, league isn't it? The league goals yeah. is yeah. still there. There's one other which I think I've forgotten. Or oh, anyway, to go on the back of things like yeah. unbeaten league runs, most successive wins, first time hundred goals in all competitions. Of course, the cup run helped with that. Uh, record FA Cup win, which they did at Livington earlier on the season, seven nil. Um, yeah, there's there's still one or two more to break. And before anybody look, I know it's the National League well, you, South, etc. Et you make the point about the number of games. Yeah, certainly. Uh, this, yeah. this is yeah. A, all those records were set. Um, I think there was one 42 game season when Aldershot dropped out um, in uh, in League Two or what, the old Division Three, maybe a few years ago. But the vast majority, if not all of those records, were established in 46 game seasons. And of course, the National League South is only 42 games. So four games less. That's quite a, a little yeah. chunk, isn't it, in terms of record breaking? So no, it's, 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 it's been wonderful. And let's hope United can finish it off in style. Indeed. So it's Eastbourne on Saturday. Yeah. Mark McGee in charge of Mark Eastbourne. Mark McGee. A big name in the game, isn't yeah, it? Yeah, well, Eastbourne, Eastbourne get, played really well against Torquay in the game up there in September time. It was very soon after. Gary Johnson had taken over um, and gave United plenty of trouble that afternoon um, before a Jamie Reid hat-trick uh, and, yeah. a, and a, a Jake Andrews screamer helped United to a 4-2 win up there. Things have gone wrong since uh, and they were already in a nightmare slide down the table when they sacked uh, Jamie Howell, the manager, who had been at Torquay briefly during his playing career. Uh, and they've now got Mark McGee, um, who's managed almost everybody from Scotland yeah. downwards, hasn't yeah. he, over the years, and with real great success, they've got they've got him as a sort of interim manager while they try and get somebody else in. So, yeah. you know, you, he must know a thing or two about setting teams yeah, up. Yeah, you would have um, thought so. And I think from the research I've done, it appears that although they've haven't won for 13 games. They've played better in mm. uh, one or two recent games than, than the results appear. So um, This is not a gimme, is it? Well, or any of them. Mm. Um, but and, and the, what happened the last time United played a struggling team in the last few weeks? 
Western Supermare yeah. going to play more a one-two-one. You've got two teams in the next three games. We'll leave chipping them out uh, uh, because they're not in that situation. But you've got Eastbourne in big trouble. Hungerford, who everybody thought were absolutely doomed and gone, have picked up in the last few weeks, and they've now actually hauled themselves out of the bottom three. So that might not be a gimme on yeah. uh, Easter Monday. So uh, these games against these sort of opponents, they've got nothing to lose. They're fighting for their lives. You know, <laughs> it's never over till it's over. We'd take a scruffy one nil now, wouldn't we? Well, that's right. You, you, I think playing more with a bit of luck. I think everybody's hoping for maybe four thousand, maybe more than that on Saturday. Uh, I know ticket sales have been going very well this week. Um, uh, there is pressure. Yeah. There is pressure, as Gary Johnson was saying this morning, to entertain a crowd like that and to show them that, look, we are the best team in this division and we're going to go out and prove it. Now, personally speaking, I think you get the game one first and then you get the brownie points in the last 20 minutes. Yeah. Uh, better to do it that way yeah, around. So if it takes a load of hard, well, hard work, just like it did to pull the game back at Woking last week, Fair enough. Fair enough. So that's, I think that's probably about it from the Yellow Army podcast this week. The players are out getting ready for training. Um, it is a nice morning here, but I promise not to go on about it. And we'll um, we'll see you at playing more on Saturday. Do come up and say hello. It's always nice to um, put some faces to the names uh, wherever you're listening. Thanks for listening. And as ever, come, come on, on you yellows. yellows. You've been listening to the Herald Express, Devon Live, Talker United, Yellow Army podcast. Recorded weekly by David Thomas and Guy Henderson. You can find this podcast by clicking devonlive.com or by following us on Facebook at facebook.com forward slash talkerunitedDL or on Twitter at TQHE Sport. You can also subscribe on iTunes, search for Talker United on the iTunes app. Please leave us a review wherever you can. We welcome all feedback. Thank you very much for listening. Join us again next week.